0: This week on Inside Motorsport, we look at Sydney Motorsport Park lighting up for its permanent lighting facilities at the venue in its 30th anniversary year. I hope you'll stay with us. Lachlan Mansell joins us on Inside Motorsport as we look at a a very historic moment in Australian road racing that happened a few weekends ago at Sydney Motorsport Park. And Lachlan, thanks very much for joining us here on Inside Motorsport. And let's have a chat about racing under lights at Eastern Creek, the first time the full hundred and... Twenty-nine. I think it is permanent. Towers were turned on, and racing was conducted under the permanent lighting.
1: Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me. And yes, it was very exciting to be at Sydney Motorsport Park for the first races under the new permanent lighting system. And I'd actually had the opportunity to go to Sydney Motorsport Park a couple of weeks before that event of the official launch of the lights and. As part of that night, I got to drive my road car around the track just at low speed. And I think the thing that strikes you when you actually get to experience the track and the lane system in action is just what a good job they've done with it. Because it's like driving around in the daytime just about because the lights are so good that there's no shadows in any part of the circuit and uh, visibility is really good. So i have done a fantastic job with it, and one of the other things as well, as you think about, you might go to a sports ground, play Touch footy or watch a rugby league match, and sometimes you have to wait 20 minutes for the lights to warm up, but because the Sydney Motorsport park lights have LED technology, they can turn on and off instantly, so they're uh, pretty cool as well.
0: It's interesting to see how the the lighting technology has changed when NASCAR started lighting their super speedways and even for Bob Jane's Thunderdome the Musco lighting system was all using reflected light where they shot the light onto mirrors that would then go across the circuit. Nowadays with the LED technology as you mentioned they're lighting it directly from the poles straight down onto the track.
1: And what it also gives them the ability to do, Craig, is to put in some quite spectacular effects. So, for example, if there's a safety car, they can make the lights turn yellow and flash um, to signify that there's a safety car or even have different light patterns chasing the cars around the track and a variety of other things that they can do just to, pun unintended, lighten up the experience for the competitors. So... Um, we haven't, I don't think, seen the full potential of it just yet, but I think there's going to be some pretty cool things in the future. And I have to say as well that under those lights, the cars themselves are really spectacular, particularly the sports stands, which were belching huge flames out of the exhaust. And, of course, those cars have got big brakes. You can see the brake discs glowing red hot, particularly into the hard stop into turn two. So that was uh, really, really cool to watch.
0: And this year marks the 30th anniversary of Sydney Motorsport Park, which started off as Eastern Creek, and uh, their first touring car event was the 1990
1: Nissan 500. Yeah, and since then there's been a variety of different races held at the venue, we've seen some 12-hour endurance races as well. In the mid-90s, we've seen lots of Australian Touring Car Championship rounds. We've seen the A1 Grand Prix with the International Open Wheelers. We've seen motorcycle racing. We've seen a variety of state and club-level events. We've seen endurance races. It really has been an assortment of just about everything that we've seen at Eastwood Creek slash Sydney Motorsport Park over its 30-year history.
0: And what did the competitors think about racing under lights and racing in what would have been a compressed format compared to what they're used to?
1: Indeed, it was a compressed format because it was a one-day race meeting for the competitors, which started off with qualifying in the morning, ran through with a couple of daytime races, and then the final race for each category was held under lights on the Saturday night. The overall feedback from the competitors was that they loved it. One of the main challenges, not so much visibility around the track because, as I mentioned, with the, the job that they've done with the lighting system, that was excellent, but more the interior um, features of the car. Some of the cars had dashboards that were glaring into the driver's eyes in the night time, and that was creating a few issues. So there were some competitors having to, adjust their interior, particularly the cars that had more sophisticated data systems that might have had an illuminated or a backlit screen, um, that could be a little bit glary and, and sort of shine into the driver's eyes when they were trying to see where they were going. So that was, uh, that was probably the main challenge that was encountered by some of them.
0: Sydney Motorsport Park not only hosting these New South Wales rounds of the New South Wales uh, motorsport australia championships but they're also uh, one of the regular stops for the double asa which is also looking forward to a big 2021
1: indeed so double asa has sanctioned a few events at sydney motorsport park this year the mra or the motor racing australia series which is managed by terry denovan has had a few events at sydney motorsport park this year also the AMRS, which is the Australian Motor Racing Series, which is the national series that is owned and promoted by the Benalla Auto Club. It held a round at Sydney Motorsport Park back in September as well. And uh, you're right, AASA is uh, increasing its reach in terms of the types of motorsport events that it's sanctioning all over Australia and not just restricted to circuit racing, but some other disciplines like off-road and speedway as well.
0: And how has that expansion gone?
1: Um, Yeah, I think it's gone well. I mean, obviously, like everybody or every category, there have been some challenges this year with COVID-19, particularly with some border closures and competitors not being able to travel interstate to events. But feedback from all of the event organisers who run events that are sanctioned by the AASA is very positive.
0: And in the Formula Fords, Tom Sargent, he's continued to lead the New South Wales Championship after last weekend's racing.
1: Actually, yes, Tom Sargent did run last weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park and uh, won round two of the New South Wales Formula Ford Championship. He is one of the competitors who has been affected by COVID-19 because his plans for this season were to run in what would have been his second full season in the Australian Formula Ford Championship, uh, that the National Series didn't end up running as a result of COVID. So Tom obviously still being a very young driver, important for him to get as much track time as he can to con- continue his development and progression as a young competitor. So he's elected to run in the New South Wales State Formula 4 Championship with the CHE racing team um, based out of Canberra, owned by Canberra Hill and his family. And that team has recently expanded to a second car for young Noah Sands, a talented youngster who's making step up for go-karts, and uh, young Noah had his first ever car race meeting at Sydney Motorsport Park last weekend and acquitted himself very well.
0: Now, he's, what, 16 years old from Leighton in the Riverina?
1: That is correct. So uh, another young driver coming out of a regional New South Wales town. It seems to be quite a lot of drivers coming out of regional areas lately because you think about Tom Sargent, who is from Young. You've got Noah Sands from Leighton. You've got Cody Bircher, who's another one of the front runners in Formula 4, who hails from Orange. So... Um, a lot of the regional towns producing some very talented young drivers
0: at the moment. Yeah, and the Bircher family having uh, a long history of uh, building karting engines. So he comes from uh, good racing stock, as it were. Now, another thing that we'll be interested in seeing is uh, the Oz Enduro Cup, which is part of the AASA. Can you talk to us about how that is uh, progressing?
1: Yeah, so the Aussie Giro Cup, it's being promoted by Ontic Sports, which is the company that's owned by Ian Sharon. And a lot of people would be familiar with the Sharans and the Ontic Sports Organisation from their exploits running the Australian production car series over the last few seasons. But for 2021, they've started up this new series known as the Aussie Giro Cup, which it's uh, going to be quite similar in concept to the 24 Hours of Lemons events that a lot of people would be familiar with, in that it's going to be some endurance events. Not a championship per se, because there won't be any point scoring, but it will be a series of events held at a variety of circuits uh, across Australia. Um, there will be events at Queensland Raceway and Lakeside Sydney Motorsport Park, Wakefield Park and Winton. And uh, the event will be open to cars that so today worth no more than two thousand uh, dollars red book trading value, plus safety equipment. So very very similar to those twenty four hours of Le type events where it's very very cheap cars participating in endurance styles of events with multiple drivers sharing each car.
0: So we will see. Will we see Lachlan Mansell back on the racetrack for these events, perhaps?
1: <laughs> well. Funny you should ask that because um, after the absolute ball that I had in 2016 when I ran in the 24 hours of Lemons at Wakefield Park, I have actually been having a chat to a few of my teammates from that event and talking about putting the band back together. So I reckon there's a fair chance that you might see the team Radio Lemons Hyundai Excel back on the circuit at some stage in 2021.
0: Well, Lachlan, we're looking forward to that and we're also looking forward to what should be an interesting end to 2020 with plenty of other announcements still to be made in what has been a, uh, you know, an unbelievable year for so many different reasons. And uh, Lachlan, look forward to catching up with you in 2021.
1: Cheers, Craig. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to seeing you trackside, hopefully with a bit of normality restored next season.
0: Indeed. Lachlan Mansell joining us on Inside Motorsport. That's all we have time for this week on the program. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced
1: by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.